0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money. Jerry, you better yell. Show me the money.
1: Welcome everyone to episode 38 of the Writers Block podcast. I'm your host Brandon Laurie, and normally again we do have Jess Navarro here. She's not trying to avoid you guys. I promise she loves you just as much as I do. But with the Dallas Stars, the the fight is just still in them and after the dramatic win in Las Vegas, they pushed to a game 6. So as we're recording this. The game hasn't happened yet, but tomorrow you might be waking up in morning of a Dallas Stars loss, but that's not going to be the case. They're going to push a game seven. Uh, so she had to be working that. So I have another reinforcement, somebody, again, being like the backup quarterback, uh, if you will, uh, of the pod. And of course, you can find him uh, on the Star Seminar podcast, a longtime member of the Blogging the Boys family. It is Mr. Danny Phantom, who you can follow on Twitter at at danny phantom 24 danny thank you so much for hopping on again nothing against jess but sometimes these little you know things mixing up the podcast getting new people on is also a good thing for me too i don't have to talk to her as much
2: <laughs> no absolutely absolutely i've been kind of waiting for a crossover i know we've had jess on uh, the star seminar before and uh you know i know if we've extended the offer to you uh once before too so I, I like it when we're able to kind of come over to the other side and you know and just hang out with uh with you guys for a little bit So absolutely, I'm, uh, I'm delighted to be here with you today, Brandon
1: Awesome And well, you know, a lot of things have been going on Not only with the Cowboys, but also in the media world And uh, a couple series are ending You have Ted Lasso You have uh, Barry on HBO But another show as well is Succession uh, The finale aired this weekend And while Danny and I have no idea What the show is about To me, my, my basic understanding of it is It's big business, it's money, it's contracts And that's what we're going to be talking about uh, today But it really, honestly ties into an article that Danny just wrote that's on blogging the boys talking about why it wouldn't be a good idea for the Cowboys to sign somebody like a DeAndre Hopkins because of future contracts so give almost like a cliff notes version Danny of that article and then this way people if want want to go and read it uh you kind of tease them towards that
2: yeah for me it's just basically about how you're going to Spend your money, and um, I mean, I remember when the, the news first broke. You know, R.J. comes out. He's like, "Why would you not want this?" And absolutely, and nobody's going to turn down uh DeAndre Hopkins. He's a, he's a great player, and he's you know he's, he's still one of the better receivers in the league. To you know, in my opinion, um, he hasn't shown a real sign of slowing down. I know the last couple of years he's missed some time but um great player for you know that's that's certainly not the issue at all it really comes down to how you want to use your resources and the cowboys to me i mean i I feel really good about the receivers they have and when they went out and got brandon cooks so i mean they, they they have three good receivers and remember michael Gallup is is another year removed from that knee injury so i don't know that Spending a lot of money on a player like Hopkins is the best way to get, you know, bang for your buck. If you, uh, you know what, he's going to make the receiving game better, but how much better? And um, if you could spend that money elsewhere to bolster a position group that is not so strong, then that's, to me, that's a no-brainer. That's where you should go. And uh, so, yeah, I'm just not interested. It seems like, you know, it it looks pretty in the lights, but it's just not something that makes a lot of sense. As far as improving your football team so yeah I'm not for that and you can go and you can uh, read all the reasoning behind that too so just say no to, to D Hop for me
1: well and I also like to on Twitter when you tease the article you said you don't like D Hop, you like IHop uh, instead you want more pancakes more players and I, I have to agree when you look at DeAndre Hopkins he's over that 30 mark which a lot of players seem seemingly drop off after 30 now in the modern NFL and I do think that when you look at the Cowboys and who they have to sign, I mean, you do have a Terrence Steele, you do have a Dak Prescott, you're going to have to figure out a long-term deal again, and then you do have a Trayvon Diggs, Micah Parsons, and CeeDee Lamb, where those guys, they're under not only the thirty uh, threshold, but they're players that have been here, they're cornerstones of the franchise, why sign somebody for two years, a year, and allocate resources towards that when you can get maybe one of the two of those guys done now and then this way you can kind of set yourself up long term for the future because when we were going to get into this exercise next but I was looking at all these different contracts for the Cowboys there's a lot of people who are going to be up in the next few years not only this year but next year Um, so it's like why not get one or two of those guys done what's Hopkins going to do for you like you mentioned this year compared to what you could get from other guys.
2: Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people tend to forget about in all this is that, you know, we do have players and we're able to retain these kind of players because we have made decisions like this in the past where we have not taken on those big contracts from these other players that have been released and whatnot. The Cowboys are really big on re-signing their own and, um, to me, when you look at a player like my, Micah, who, you know, we we don't ever want to have to decide whether or not to keep him or not. We yeah. want to make sure we we're able to do that. And and same thing with Trayvon. So those things are important pieces. So you make decisions now that help you later. Um, but one other element, too, that is kind of Cowboy-specific is when it comes to Prescott, you know, the Cowboys have been very fortunate to have a, a Romo and a Prescott where they have this, basically they're going to have two-plus decades of good quarterback uh, at least f- those of us that appreciate those guys and so you don't need to go in and necessarily try to put all your eggs in the wind now basket and try to get something done here because every year you're gonna have an opportunity when you have those players on your on your team you're gonna have opportunities so I like Jones's approach um to basically give yourself a shot every year because you don't know what could happen maybe it could be like the Rams and you hit maybe you can be like the you know Rams and you don't and uh, it's uh It's to me, it's chancy to to take those risks. I'd much rather just go in and do what they're doing, and every year have a year uh, a chance. And I don't look at it as like, oh man, we were one DeAndre Hopkins away from really, you know, making a difference. I don't see it that way. I think there are other factors. So I like the way the Cowboys approach. And absolutely, there's a lot of players that um that are coming down for your renewal. And, you know, you mentioned the, the IHOP in particular. The guys that can level players on the offensive line, and I think that's super important because you want to be able to keep your – franchise quarterback upright and those things are important.
1: Absolutely. And and not only that, but the Cowboys are also a draft and developed team. They've always been that, especially in recent history. And when you have somebody like a Jalen Tolbert who underperformed last year to his standards, to the Cowboys standards, DeAndre Hopkins is somebody that would come in and be sort of a stopgap type player where you want to see what you have in Jalen Tolbert this year and he's putting in the work. So I understand that the talent level there's a bigger gap between those two players but the Cowboys want to see the type of player that tolbert could be because just the value of tolbert compared to Hopkins what you can get from both players it just the the needle just constantly moves towards somebody like a tolbert
2: yeah I, it's 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 tricky because i i, I can sit here and say last year I felt pretty good about the Cowboys receiving group because while I didn't know who was going to merge I felt like there was enough options that someone would and then as we saw we were we were pretty disappointed with them because none of them basically you know worked out and the Cowboys ended up having to go and, and sign T.Y. Hilton later in the season so yeah I mean you want to be able to feel good about the, your pass catchers, but I, I definitely I'm at that point now because I think Brandon Cooks is a really good player, yeah. and the three of them together, I mean, they're all three have a thousand yard um, seasons, and that's something the Cowboys have never, since the Super Bowl era, have never entered the year with. They've had a lot of guys but they've never had three that have already accomplished that. And so I feel like this is a really good trio of receivers that the Cowboys have right now.
1: Yeah, and speaking of that, we're going to talk about contracts, as I mentioned up at the top, and sort of the people who maybe we aren't really thinking about. Of course, you do have your your Parsons, your Lamb, your Diggs, and your Prescott, but who are these other guys when you go down the list of contracts that might be expiring this year they might be expiring next year that the cowboys can try and you know beat the curve a little bit find some financial success succession if you will uh you know to make sure that they're locked in for the future so danny i'll I'll defer to you since you are the guest i'll let you start with your first player who do you have
2: so it was really tough for me for my first player because it's really between two guys and um you know, I, I think there's a smart choice, and then there's my favorite choice. So I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to go with my favorite. Um, I am a big Terrence Steele guy. Um, I feel like the Terrence Steele situation itself is a little tricky because there are a lot of different variables to this. But I do think that we know we have a good player who is on the rise. You know, the leap that he took from his rookie season um, when he was just basically thrown to the Wolves to, to now is remarkable. Um, so coming off an injury adds a little wrinkle to the mix. But, you know, you have a player who we, he would love to get himself some long-term security. And, you know, he's just playing on the second-round tender, which is like $4.3 million right now. Uh, so I think the Cowboys have a little bit of leverage here. Uh, they also have Tyron Smith. The, the, he's a, kind of a trunk card this year. Um, I could see them using him as right tackle, you know, take their sweet time with Steele, you know, until he's, they're absolutely sure that he's 100%. Uh, So any type of timeshare situation could give the Cowboys, you know, a little bit of advantage. It might take a little bit of a hit on uh, Steele's market value if they wait. So there's some, there's some reasoning where Steele may want to try to get something done sooner. Um, But I think the final thing to all this is that, uh, we now have a sense of what the team has in Tyler Smith, you know, after a very solid rookie season. Um, and I know that's a ways away, but they're, there's going to, we're going to give him a lot of money. We, we know that's that's coming eventually. So would the Cowboys consider maybe uh, doing a short-term deal with, with Terrence right now to secure the right tackle position, you know, and, you know, keep trying to develop new guys that come in the building because you got Matt, well, you know, and then of course they just drafted a seam Richard. So I, to me, I, I'm going to make Steel a priority, but I'm really going to try to get something done. And it may not be the long-term type of deal that they typically do with these offensive linemen, but I think that um – Getting him on the you know locked up for another you know three or so years would be wise for the Cowboys because he's a really good player and he and he's still getting better.
1: You mentioned this idea of almost a help you help me situation where Terrence Steele is dealing dealing with injury, he's recovering, and the Cowboys want to lock him up. So why not just bet on yourself? Similarly to like a Michael Gallup situation, I know the contract doesn't look too good right now, but the Cowboys paid Michael Gallup, and you know he was still recovering from his injury. And I think that if Michael Gallup still had a successful season, he wasn't injured. I think that maybe his market value would have been a lot more than what the Cowboys got him for. So. It's almost a situation where you give Terrence Steele the money that he's looking for, but also protects the Cowboys. Where if he really does not look like the same player, you can kind of get out from under that contract. It's not a six-year, seven-year deal. Um, of course, the Tyron Smith one is just a aberration that just doesn't happen. Especially you don't see it as much anymore. But I, the other thing I was thinking of when you mentioned, you know, Terrence Steele, is that now you have a different offensive line coach in Mike Solari and. Joe Philbin really developed him. I I believe, you know, there's a hand in that. And you wonder if Mike Solari is going to be coming in and doing the same thing. And you don't want him to kind of stunt the growth of that. But I do trust Steele and and his development. Like you said, he mentioned uh, he came in as an undrafted free agent. Uh, He really has shown time and time again that he is one of the better tackles in the league. But if it takes time for him to get back to normalcy, like, again, pay him, give him his money, and make it short term. I'm totally in agreement with what you said
2: yeah for sure too and one, one of the benefits of a timeshare him is that not only do you get to preserve the health of you know both your tackles there um but you know the way they configured uh Tyron Smith still too is you know they, they save money too if he doesn't play yeah. so many snaps too so I feel like the Cowboys they can really go about this the right way um now if still recognizes that and he wants to be on the field, you know, so he can really boost his value entering free agency, you know, he's not going to, you know, he don't want to be in a timeshare situation. Too, I, I don't really know how the Cowboys tackle situation is going to play out. You know, all this talk about, you know, moving him to guard seems just completely silly to me. Uh, but you know what? I don't know. I mean, do the coaches have a feel for things? You know, who knows? But to me, I feel like, um, I could see a scenario where the Cowboys can capitalize on the situation and try to get him for a little cheaper than you know what he will go for next year. But I will say this: I'm not opposed to a long term deal either, because you get him for like a you know five year, seventy five million or something. It seems like a lot, like fifteen per. I think, um, but uh, at the same time, that's not a lot as you. As you uh, look ahead, you know it's going to be end up being cheaper down the stretch, and plus, Cowboys love those long de- long term deals where they get that uh, flexibility to yeah. restructure. And so, I think the, you have some options with Terrence Steele, but I do hope that he is a piece to the Cowboys' future because I think he's a great player. I was really, I was one of those players, the people that just. Not sad at all to see LC go because I knew what we had in Terrence Still. And um, so I hope, hopefully, the Cowboys are able to keep him on the team.
1: And I also think that the franchise tag is another option for the Cowboys if they can't get something done maybe next year. But again, you have somebody like a Trayvon Diggs or, you know, that you want to re sign and maybe that you want to give him the franchise tag instead. So just, get the deal done now it kind of makes things a lot easier um and similarly the the first player that i had we're going with the theme of offensive line and i actually i picked zach martin and i picked zach martin because when you look at his contract he signed a six-year 84 million dollar contract but it expires in 2025 so a few years from now something that really not a lot of people are talking about thinking about but to me You know, you look at his cap it this year, it's $11 million, something a little over that, and the next year over about $23 So if you want to lower his cap it to sign other players, he's sort of like this domino player where instead of pushing his number down, down, down and restructuring, you just give him a brand new contract and you hope that it lowers the number, you know, closer to that maybe $15 million range. But to me, a comparable contract, you look at Chris Lindstrom of the Falcons, just signed a five-year, $102 million deal. Zach Martin is, of course, a much better player than what Chris Lindstrom is. And he's just—he's that veteran player, just old, reliable, you know, somebody who goes in day in, day out and does his work. But the other gray area that I'm a little concerned about with this contract and I'm thinking about is that Zach Martin, does he want to keep playing? Is he thinking (laughs) about retirement on the horizon? He's going to be 34 next year. And, you know, he's earned, i looked, and it's absolutely shocking. He's earned so far over $75 million in career earnings. So he he has a good chunk of change to retire with. But that's why I was thinking this final offer of a three-year deal, which would lock him up for the next four years, you know, for about $80 million with a potential out in 2025. This way, if, you know, two years from now, he just wants to quit, call it quits. And retire the Cowboys kind of protect themselves as well, and then he gets a little bit more money. Um, but with Zach Martin, is that somebody that you thought about as a player for this, or is that something that you just kind of just pushed off thinking that he would be here for the next 10 years?
2: Uh, no, actually, it's I, I'm glad you brought it up. So it's no, it's not something I thought of. I figured that we would address the Zach issue when his contract expires, and it would be basically come down to hey. You want to stick around because obviously we want you if you do. And, yeah. um, you know, we'll work something out and maybe give a little like another three year deal to throw on. And it may not even be a real three year deal, maybe a two year deal with, you know, some contract magic or something. But um, that's where my mind was with Zach. However, I'm not opposed to doing something like you're saying. I, I, I may wait. Until next off season mm-hmm. to to address this when he's got one year left on the deal because uh, two things happen there first off you know you could you add t- more time to it but also you're gonna get a better sense of where Zach is as far as he wants to play is he is he able to you know keep his health up which he has been surprisingly you know we started to see a little bit of kind of wear and some you know he 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 missed a game for the first time you know and then he starts to it's just taken a toll for sure. Uh, so the Cowboys would have another season to kind of just see where he's at. And um, but if he if he keeps playing like Zach Martin plays, absolutely, I think it would be a, a smart thing to do to lock him down for you know try to get him for a couple more years past what his current contract is. No, I think that is some good outside the box thinking there, Brad. I was not expecting <laughs> you to go that direction, but well done. You know more pancakes.
1: Yeah, I love it. Can't have enough uh, flapjacks. Uh, But, you know, the one thing I thought about is you also have somebody in Travis Frederick who he really got close with. He retired early, of course, for battling his disease and just, you know, wanted to call it quits. You see Tyron Smith might be leaving after this, this season. And those are two guys that he was really close with. And it's like, does he want to kind of be the elder statesman in the room. And I think he he appreciates it and he understands that he has to be this veteran leader in the locker room. But, you know, you have Tyler Smith, you have a left guard, which is uncertainty right now. Um, Tyler Biotish would be the second oldest player. And then Terrence Steele, it's just you have all these guys that, you know, does he want to go through this again? Does he want to do this over again? And, I mean, you bring up a good point where if maybe the Cowboys want to wait until the end of the year. Just see where he's at. Because I do think I've been hearing more talk from beat writers and everything that they wouldn't be shocked if Zach Martin played for next – Five years, they also wouldn't be shocked if he retired after two, you know, so I just think that it really just is up to him, of course, at the end of the day. But if they can lock him in, I think the price and everything with the cap growing, you have a lot of young guards that are developing really well um, that are going to start getting paid really, really good money. And I think if you can kind of beat that wave a little earlier um, than what the, the boom happens, I think that would be beneficial to the Cowboys.
2: Yeah. Well, one thing I will add too is something that w- could come into play w- with Martin's decision too, um, besides of just physically how he's holding up. But also, how does he feel about this team's chances? Right. And I yeah. think if you look around, the Cowboys have a competitive roster. Um, you know, there's they have a great defense behind them. You know, they have a quarterback that I know it's Zach trusts. Uh, so if you you look at those things, I mean. It's a perfect opportunity to like, why not, why not hang around? I mean, where, where's the, where's the rush to, to call it quits. If you, if your body can hold up. So, and I think that, that helps, that helps the Cowboys. And that's one of the things we, we just kind of circle back to what we talked about earlier. You give yourself a chance every year, you know, the good things can happen. So um, for sure. No, I, I, I would love to have, have Zach around even longer because he's been one of the, the most um, consistent pieces to this Cowboys team over the last, you know, Ten years or whatever.
1: Yeah, and with that, what is your second player? Are you going to be throwing a little bit of a curveball? You have somebody uh, that we're not really talking about, thinking about. Well,
2: I honestly was expecting you to go this way because I figured like it's going to. I figured there was there's two blinking lights. Yeah, you know, and um, so because you kind of you know threw the curveball, I'm gonna I'm gonna just I'm gonna stick with it because. Uh, I had it a backup just in case, yeah, but I, I want to say that we gotta we have to talk about keeping uh, Tyler Biotis.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think
2: that he he's super important to this team. I mean, um, I think that the, his development has gone extremely well. If you look at it, it's this is what his second full year starting and look, he's a pro bowler now, um, but he's, he's a very smart player. He's a great communicator. You know, he's able to call out the protections at the line of scrimmage. So that's a big help to his quarterback. He didn't allow a single sack last year. Uh, the Cowboys don't have really have a contingency plan. If beatish Bounces. So, I mean, you got basically, you know, Farniok who can play center, but both the Connors have, have left and both the Connors could play center, but they're gone. Um, and I don't have any issues with paying for players who are very likely to play to the level that justifies their cost and be audacious for certainly one of those players. So um, I'm, you know, I'm all for trying to, to secure our interior offensive line. I think you can get them for like five years, 60 million, you know, and like it's one of those deals where you can have some flexibility too. And I think that's what twelve per I believe, and yeah. if and that, that's not that's not too bad, and especially it's not too bad if when you start to get in year three. So uh, I uh, I think the Cowboys should make that a priority because he puts together another season, especially another Pro Bowl season. I mean, he's gonna get he's gonna get a good chunk of change next offseason. So I would like to see them get that done before the season
1: started. The one thing I think people forget when it comes to center is the consistency aspect and not just being there down in and down out, but the comfortability working with Dak, like Dak wants somebody who he's very comfortable working with taking snaps and everything. And Tyler Bionic be has been that for the past four seasons going on four seasons. So I'm pretty sure Dak would appreciate having him around instead of just readjusting, trying to go to somebody else. Um, Cause I think that really does play a factor. And you brought up a great point that I, I don't think anybody has really mentioned yet. Like who's the backup, for Biotis this year, and not only just in the future if he doesn't re-sign, but just on you know the 2023 roster, the McGovern and uh, Williams players, both Connors are gone. Um, you of course have Alec Lindstrom, but he's a practice squad guy who's been in and out. I brought this up like you have Ben Jones, who was the Titan center last year. He's a free agent still. He's played some guard, so maybe there's some guard center flexibility, and he's a veteran player where if Biadish you know goes down or wants to learn him he's somebody that's been around for a long time so I think that would be a good choice but outside of that like he's the only guy that you got and I think that when you find a center you want to lock him down the same way that they did with Frederick where it's just the comfortability like they are the quarterback of the offensive line I do find it funny how we've mentioned three offensive linemen in this exercise but that's just where the Cowboys have allocated their resources that's where it's important to build through the trenches and I think that for them when you lock up your center it solidifies also the rest of the offensive line too
2: yeah, absolutely too. And remember, the Cowboys did trade up to get Bautista. Um, I mean, right. They, they, yeah. And and when you when you when you trade, you know, you take a risk like that because you you really like what the the potential of this player, and that player lives up to that potential. I mean, you don't want to just let him walk. I mean, you, you want to retain that. I mean, that's that's. That's how that's how things work, and so I mean, I, I it would be really weird. If the Cowboys took the gamble. Hey, guess what? It worked out exactly like we were hoping, or better, maybe even better. We hoping, and, you know, you're not even missing Travis Frederick these days, and uh, and then you're just gonna like let let them get loose. And no, we don't. We don't have any backups. Um, the, I, i we have that you know, Brock Hoffman guy, yeah. you know, so there's, uh, to me, I think he might even be a little bit a step ahead of Lindstrom as far as the depth chart, as far as center play, but no, we have nothing else. So, and I think that's one of the key things when you look at the, um, how to prioritize these type of uh, players is you definitely need to look at what, you know, what you have behind them. And in that particular case you don't have it. So I think that just makes the value even that much higher.
1: So, would you sign like if you were the Cowboys? Would you sign him this off season? You know, when you're trying to get these other deals done, or would you wait until the end of the year, maybe mid season? Kind of, what would be the the timeline for you?
2: No, I'm not wasting any time. I think, you know, if you waste time, you're you're there's the reason you waste time is you, you either want to see what you see something that you don't know about the player, or you want to see something that you don't know about the situation or he the his replacements. Like you maybe want to see if a player emerges where, Hey, maybe we can get by without him in this particular case. I don't think there is anything to gain by waiting. Um, so in that um, in that case, I think it would be smarter to sign him now because like I said, I, I, unless he gets hurt, I expect him to have an even better season than he did last year. And he, he was, he played at a pro bowl level last year. So there's no reason to basically wait. There's there's no benefit to it. So um, to me, I think it's one of those contracts to to where you want to be proactive. And actually, like I know I picked Terrence Steele first, but if I'm if I'm taking the biasness out of it and I'm just putting on my Stephen Jones, you know what's best for the team thing, I think I prioritize Beattie first because Steele does have some of those weight and well, you know we we could learn something from my waiting thing, whether it's his health himself or other things going on around. Um, So I I definitely think uh, Biadish is one of the top priorities and I would love to see him uh, get signed before September.
1: And he would also join the long history of offensive linemen signing lucrative contracts in Oxnard, California. You have Tyler Tyrant Smith, Zach Martin, Travis Frederick. I wonder if there's plaques uh, at, at at Oxnard, you know, where they have these types of offensive linemen signing these big contracts. He'd kind of fall right into lockstep with those guys and similarly the the second guy and and, uh the last guy that i picked um you have to wait until the end of the season to sign him it's a rookie from the same draft class um you know somebody who's been around for for a while now um actually entering year three was from 2021 uh osa adigizua is is the name that i picked and i say that because you can't sign him of course until after the season is over after his third season in the nfl but I think that defensive tackle, when you see the trend of the NFL – it's becoming a premium position that you have to pay. You know, of course, it started with somebody like an Aaron Donald, but you have Deron Payne this offseason for the Commanders, who just signed a big deal. Jeffrey Simmons is somebody that signed a big deal. Dexter Lawrence, and then eventually you got to get to Quinton Williams of the New York Jets. And while those guys are All Pro, Pro Bowl players, Oso Digizua, you is similar to what you mentioned with Terrence Steele. This sort of you still need to see a little bit more, but if he really takes that next step, it's gonna hurt in in your wallet. You know, it's gonna it's gonna pay, and I think that you can do it similarly to what the Cowboys did with Tyrone Crawford, similar position where, you know, they signed him before his rookie deal was done. They signed him to an extension betting on the traits, but I think Osa has better traits to bet on than somebody like Crawford. And that's nothing against Crawford as a player. Uh, But I think that just, you see a little bit more from Osa and what he's shown you. He has 79 tackles through two, two seasons, six sacks, 14 tackles for loss and 22 quarterback hits. Um, I think that next season he would establish himself, you know, as this veteran player, when you look at the defensive tackle position after next season, Mozzie Smith and him would be the only two left on on the team that have contracts. Neville Gallimore is a free agent. Uh, Jonathan Hankins is a free agent. And outside of that, it's just more rotational guys. Um, and comparable contracts, you have B.J. Hill of the Cincinnati Bengals. He signed a three-year, $30 million deal in 2022. He's had eight and a half sacks over the past two seasons and played 85% of the snaps in 2022. Grover Stewart of the Colts, he signed a three-year $30.75 million deal in 2020 and has five sacks, similarly about over 70% of the snaps played in 2022. So when you look at Osa comparing to those two guys, the sack number is there. But the snap count is significantly, significantly lower. He's played about 53.3% of the snaps. And that, I think, is because of Dan Quinn with the rotation that he has at defensive tackle. So, to me, if he starts playing really well and playing almost 80% of the snaps this year, I think you're going to see the numbers really increase and get to that level where people are starting to look at him as a Pro Bowl kind of defensive tackle, playing for the Cowboys, of course, gets you in the spotlight. A lot more with all the primetime games. I think the Cowboys have six uh, this year. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for him to make money. And if you can kind of catch that wave, similar to what I talked about earlier with Zach Martin, where a lot of these deals are being handed out, get to it early, sign him now. This way it looks a lot better when he turns into that Pro Bowl, all-pro type player a few years from now when he's not making as much, and then you can kind of reassess it afterwards.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is just another great – choice brandon i mean I, I think you're cheating um with with your selections because these are guys that's like still got two years left but uh i agree with everything you said and osa is one of those players he's super high on my list as far as if I, if I were to rank cowboy players and i have um he's like the 13th best player to yeah. me and uh, so I, mean, I think that he is a great player you know if you look at the the you know his length you know and how he's able to get get through those gaps and use his his size i mean he's already showing what kind of player he is. And, you know, basically, Neville Gallimore is an afterthought. I, I don't even think – it wouldn't surprise me if Gallimore doesn't even make the final roster just yeah. because the Cowboys have – you know, they drafted uh, Fihoku now, so he's – you know, he'll, he'll get worked into the three-tech mix. Uh, they always move players around like, you know, Chauncey Golston. You know, I know he's the edge, but sometimes he'll, he'll attack from inside too. And um, I feel like there's – there's, there's very limited place for Neville Galmore. And then one of the reasons that he's an afterthought is because Osa basically just took off running. I mean, he's he's been a great pick for the Cowboys. And going into year three, this could be a breakout season for him. Absolutely. If you see something in him, uh, you would like, love to get it locked down uh, sooner uh, so you don't have to deal with what he would cost in in. When he hits unrestricted free agency, and and as you said, the Cowboys can't move on this until after another season uh, because he is only halfway through his rookie deal. But love the player. Well, I I hope he's part of the 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 future. I think he is because if you look at the Cowboys' young defensive players with Micah and Sam Williams and you know and Osa and now with now with Mazi, you got a lot of really great talent there uh, that can get you. You know, from that can really make this a strong defensive line. You know, for many years to come. And I think uh, Diggy is uh, one of those players for sure. So so another great choice. Uh, it wasn't on the list I was looking <laughs> at, but, uh, but a good choice nonetheless.
1: Well, and I also just, you know, very recently as of last year, remembered how to spell his name properly. You know, so I just, I need him to stick around longer. So this way when I'm writing things, it just, it makes a lot more sense. Um, Absolutely. And it, it's uh, the, the one other name, like you said, kind of cheating the assignment a little bit. That's okay. I always like finding a little bit of loopholes. Uh, but J-Ron Curse is a name mm-hmm. that I really want to quickly throw out. Because of course he's going to be, up after this season and he's again another veteran player where you know you just the Cowboys gave money to Donovan Wilson I don't know if they would allocate I mean that would be a total shock if they hand out two big contracts to safeties after not handing out one for the previous seemingly 10 years but I, I don't know if he's going to be a part of their long-term future. You do have a few guys that could develop into that safety role, but where does he fit in in your mindset and in this mix of maybe being with the Cowboys for another two to three years? Cause he didn't get his big money the first time around, you know, with the Cowboys when he resigned. So maybe he's trying to look to get a little bit more.
2: Yeah, I was, I was super happy when they resigned him, even, even though it was just for a two year deal, I really like Jaron curse. I think he's a, well, I don't think there's any doubt about it, that he's our best safety Um I do think that I will say that I was super surprised that they re-signed Dono. I, I lied. Dono's a good player. He had a great season, and, you know, he's he's a splashier player than J. Ron. But uh, to me, I think J. the more disciplined player. They're very similar, to be quite honest. Um, but the Cowboys, they loved Dono enough to give him, you know, a good contract, uh, which also makes the, the selection of um, DeMarvion overshone a little, like, confused. I feel like we got three players that are – very similar as far as I mean, they're different, but they're also very similar. They're very, you know, they're going to be a, a force uh, close to the line of scrimmage. Um, so I feel like because of the what the commitment with Dono and now with Overshone, I don't think there's, I don't just don't see a place where you can justify going after uh, J. Ron Curtis as much as i like to have him back. And I do think he'll command some money and, you know, with, in free agency, but since you brought up safety, there you know one player that I think that might have a shot is the one free safety that we have on this team, you know, and, and that's uh, Malik Cooker. I think uh, you look at how he's played since coming to Dallas. You know, he had very uh, he's battling injuries throughout his entire career with Indy, and uh, I mean, I think he only played two games this final rookie season, a rookie deal. With the Colts, um, but then comes over to Dallas and look, at he's just got a new life on health. He's played like, you know, 15 plus, I think, in both the seasons that he's been with us. And, uh, you know, had a great game against his former team last year. And I think he he had a career high in tackles. You know, he had, I think, three picks, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, So I know the Cowboys, they use a lot of defensive backs, so they're not... Uh, he's not playing a large amount of snaps. So you kind of work, but I think that's good for his health. Uh, but I w- the thing about Hooker is that he's just unique in the sense that of these guys that we've talked about, the, the as far as coverage goes, he's, he's your ball hawking, you know, safety, the other guys, you know, that's they struggle in those areas. You know, they're better at closer to line of scrimmage. So um, I don't know what he would command. And, but I mean, I wouldn't be against maybe trying to bring him back on another deal. Maybe if it's somewhat, affordable i definitely think you look at like what you have behind i don't think the cowboys have much um they really i don't know what they have they have some young guys that we haven't seen much and then Mukwamu. i think he, he's good coverage because he's a hybrid corner guy um, but i don't know if he's going to be your heir apparent to hooker so to me i feel like there's just a bigger well curse is a better safety um hooker just is maybe the bigger need yeah. for the team. So that's, that's why he, he was my third player um, on my list of, of um, legitimate last <laughs> year, guys. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, but I, I do like J. Runker. So I, 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 but I just feel like based on the, what the talent the Cowboys have with the, the, those other guys, I don't know that you really gain much in that by keeping,
1: keeping him. Well, you, you mentioned the depth behind Curse. Don't disrespect Kelvin Joseph in his transition into uh, safety <laughs> safety this year. Uh, the the last question and that'll be a topic for another day. We don't have to get into that right now. But um, the last question I do want to ask you: It seemingly as we get closer to Oxnard, we we do think that one contract will be signed between maybe Dak, Lamb, Pars uh, not so much Parsons, but uh, Diggs, Prescott, and Lamb. Do you have an idea, and maybe even a biotish? If you had to sit right now, and we won't hold you to it, but which of those guys you think will be signed heading into
2: twenty twenty three? I, if I had to put money on it, I really think it's going to be, um, be oddish because I just I feel like that's the word. I feel like he's most likely to. Get something that he and his agent say, "Yeah, this is this is going to this is good." Yeah. I think with Dak, I, I mean, you know, I would love for it to be Dak. Um I think the Cowboys would too, but I think there you know there's two sides to it and and Dak's agent is no, I mean, he he knows what he's doing here. Yeah. So, you know, it's, that might be a little bit more of a challenge too cuz then there's still two more years left. Um I would be I would think that maybe that they would um be more diligent of trying to work something going into next uh, next offseason versus this one but so I I lean towards Beaudish I think yeah another plaque for a lineman you know in in Oxnard is what i like to see and again I just I'm never against safe players you know safe picks you know good you know just wise investments and I think you know you're getting that with Biotis. And so, that if I had to predict, that's where I would go. Who, who are you predicting?
1: Uh, I was going to say Biotis too, because I think it's just something about that California air that just really entices people to sign lucrative deals who play offensive line. You know, it's just something that happens seemingly with the Cowboys every year. But I also wouldn't be shocked if they get something done with Terrence Steele. You know, if, if they really feel like that maybe the right tackle position would be a lot like it's easier to find a replacement center in the draft, maybe in free agency, as opposed to a legitimate right tackle. Maybe they want to bet on the upside, and like you mentioned, maybe the value might be a little bit lower now for the Cowboys, and they can strike and say, well, you know, you're coming back from injury. We're going to offer you a contract like similarly we did with Michael Gallup to help you out right now, and then they can kind of beat that curve where he could be a pro bowl, all pro right tackle for the next few seasons, and then you kind of readjust your contract after that.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I wouldn't hurt my feelings if Steele was was the guy. And uh, I would, you know, it's usually someone that we didn't see coming, you know. And I know a couple of years ago, it was like Jalen Smith was, I never saw it. It could be just someone who you look at it and they they feel like getting the security and their value right now is where they're happy with it. Um, And so that's where I think Steele, you couldn't. The Cowboys could end up signing him to a big deal, and uh, and end up being like like you know the the lineman beforehand. That's super valuable as the years go by because he's, I mean, I, I I'm not worried about his health. I may, I may be worried about his health early part of 2023, but I'm not worried about his long term health. I'm not worried about what type of player he's going to be. I feel like he's he's going to be that type of player or even better. So uh, I think it's a a very safe a safe. Uh, contract to, to do and i definitely love the player
1: well when you hear the the three year uh maybe 10 million dollar contract to will greer uh coming out of voxnard uh just know that you heard it here first that we said that something will surprise us uh coming out of california <laughs> yeah you heard it
2: first from brandon <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> well listen that's all the time we have for today danny again thank you so much for hopping on where can people uh follow you on twitter again what's the twitter handle yeah, you
2: can follow me on Twitter at Danny Twenty Four and you know you could all read my uh articles over at blogging the boys. So it's and also uh you know, find me on Fridays uh, with my buddy Rebel Rouser on our podcast, the Star Seminar. So make sure to check it out. Uh but it was great hanging out with you, Brandon
1: absolutely and of course we can't get out of here with also mentioning jess as well and her twitter twitter handle and that is at justin underscore i'm at at brandon is right and that's w-r-i-t-e uh thank you everyone for joining in uh with the latest episode of the writer's block podcast and always remember go cowboys